Hey, good morning. Hey, we are starting a brand new series. Uh, we're calling it Simple. And, and what we're kind of tackling uh, together is this idea that, that many of us uh, are living our lives just like right on the ragged edge of, of capacity and what we're able to do. If we were going to pause for a moment, which we can't afford to do, uh, we would admit that we're a little bit stressed, uh, a little bit struggling to kind of figure, and, and what we've told ourselves is this is just a season. It's just going to go on for a little while, and somewhere we're going to hit some magic mark. Everything is going to back away, and, 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 and it's going to get to normality within our lives. But in that journey, we still haven't figured out where the mark is. It's been a long time coming, and if it doesn't come pretty soon. Anyone in this room type A like I am? Okay, there's like three of us. So three of us need this series, and uh, the rest of you just got total control over this stuff. So we, could you guys indulge me just a little bit? Because this is really deeply convicting within my life, uh, pastoring a church of this size, getting ready for us to go into a building uh, campaign uh, together. And, and I promise you, promise you, promise you that I have all sorts of appointments that are urgent, 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 urgent in my life. And it is so easy for me uh, in that moment of feeling important and needed to let my life just crawl right up to that maxed out edge. And for the three of us that need this, uh, the rest of you get a chance to listen. And yet, I'm, I'm going to suggest today that most of us probably need this discussion. We live within a culture that pushes us, pushes us, pushes us to maximize life. Matter of fact, we kind of get this, this uh, message sent to us that says, look, if, if you don't leverage every dollar, if you don't maximize every single minute, if, if you don't find some way to spend quality time with the kids while you're I aming coworkers, then you just, you've missed a moment in your life and, and, and that you and I need to wring every ounce of life out. And in order, in doing that, then you and I can experience life to the fullest. And our, our society, pushes, 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 pushes that life is supposed to be lived on the edge. And we celebrate our all-stars. The people that we glamorize are people who live on the edge. Matter of fact, you turn on your TV, and, and you'll get this. And just, TV, every show is about people taking stuff. Matter of fact, a while back, I was flipping through the channels, Discovery Channel, and, and I saw some base jumpers. You guys know what base jumpers are? They're people who don't use airplanes. Uh, they just find some stationary object, and they jump off, and then they open their parachute and hope there's enough room uh, for it to open before they hit the ground. So this was a group of base jumpers, and they, and they were going to go, they were going to take base jumping to the next level, and they found this pit in South America, this like straight up and down kind of cave looking thing, and, and they were base jumping off the edge of this cave pit thing. So not only now are you worried about splatting on the bottom, now when your chute opens, you got to keep from slamming into the walls on your way down. And so I'm flipping through the channels, I see this, and I, I'm just miserable. I've stopped. I, I, I'm, I'm transfixed to the show, partly because I'm a guy, and I'm hoping blood will be involved. 
But there's something deeply, deeply intriguing when you and I watch people take life out completely on, I mean, right up there with tippy toes hanging off. It's, it's why we watch Shark Week and, and people getting in the water and swimming with sharks and because you, you go, look, one, one lapse moment, one not looking over your shoulder and it, it, it's why we watch like extreme sports and the motorcycles and these guys are going up in the air and they're letting go of their motorcycles in the air and then they're getting them back on them and they're landing double flips and you're just going, man, one miss, one, one little gust of wind, one, I didn't pull my handlebars back enough and, and, and splat good TV, you know, and so we are attracted, and, and our whole culture is driven by this thought. Turn off the TV. And the reality suddenly comes front and center. It's really not that fun to watch people that you love and people that you care about live maxed out lives. See, it, it's no fun to watch lifelong friends who've maxed out their marriage, who, who are living so on the jagged edge of stress and financial obligation and time crunches that, that it, it, it doesn't need anything but a feather, and it's going the wrong way. And then it happens. And people's lives are destroyed, and, 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 and relationships are tubed, and children are wounded. See, it's, it's not that fun to watch a teenage couple who's dating and pushing all the moral boundaries. They're, they're, they're going, well, you know, Scripture says, don't touch there. So, so we're not touching there. We're, we're just touching as close to there as we can and not going there. And you, you and I already know where that's going. You, are, you and I already know the night's coming. And to watch suddenly now an unplanned pregnancy, hearts filled with guilt, trying to figure out, do I really care about this person as much as I thought I cared about this person? Am, am I willing to spend a lifetime with them? What are we going to do with a child? See, it's not that fun to watch your friend live on the very edge of finances. Has to have every new toy that comes out, has to turn in the car because it's already two years old, and has to have the house, and there's just no room. There's, there's, there's not two nickels to rub together at the end of it, but paying bills. And then the car breaks down. An unexpected visit to the hospital. And there, there's just, there's no margin there. There's no room there. And suddenly it's bankruptcy. See, truth be told, life was never intended to be lived on the extreme, on the edge. And, and as a matter of fact, as, as culture pushes us, as, as society says to us, if you just had a little more, you'd be a little more happy. If you just maximized your time, which is code for if you use every single second and have none left, you'd be more productive. 
And ever, all the messages you and I get sent say, get on the edge. Get out here. Because if you don't, you may miss something. You may not get a chance to experience something in your life. And we are a maxed out society who is, are you ready for this? Experience rich and soul poor. We and our kids have done stuff that our grandparents and their parents never thought of. And we are emptier and lonelier than any culture before. And what we're going to discover as we, we talk through this series is, we, is that Jesus is literally going to invite you and me back from the edge. He's going to say, look, this is not how I designed you. This is never what I intended. And you can, and, and what's so deceptive, you can get up on the edge and you can live there for a little while and you can say, look how I'm maximizing my life. And, but you realize it, it's like a sports car. It's like taking the tachometer all the way up into the red zone. You can do that for a little while. But you try to stay there, you'll blow the engine. And so many of us in this room have said, well, no, 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 you don't get it. It's just a season. It's just a moment. Okay, okay. Define the end of the season. Tell me when this happens. And Jesus is going to offer an invitation to you and me today, to all of us who are stressed out, to all of us who are timed out, to all of us who are expensed out, to all of us who are living on the moral edge of our lives, he's going to offer an invitation to move back and find some margin within our lives. And what we're going to discover is that God's greatest things happen within margin. My opportunities for obedience are within margin. My life has a chance to count because of margin. Matter of fact, just, just to give you a sense of how important this is to the heart of God. Think about this. Jesus, as he did his earthly ministry, and if you've read the Gospels at all, you've caught this moment. Jesus, as he's doing ministry, and he's becoming madly popular, and people are clamoring to be around him. People are getting healed. People are coming to know God. He, his ministry is exploding, and in the middle of that, guess what Jesus does? He steps back. And Scripture tells us over and over and over again, and he went off to a place to pray by himself, a place to be alone, a place to create room in his life. Think about this. God, God the Father, creates heaven and earth in six days, and on the seventh day, Scripture says, and God rested. Hey, wait, th 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 think about this a second. That was God. Does God really need to rest? Was God really kind of tired and worn out? He's God. Why is he resting? For you. From the very beginning, he was trying to say to you and I, look, you, you've got to have margin in your life. So I don't need to rest on this. I'm going to model it for you. Isn't that interesting? And you and I in this series are going to be given an invitation to step back. So let's, let's just talk a little bit about what that would mean. Here's, here's the deal. If, if you don't get anything else, if you don't, if you don't capture anything from today, here, here's, 
Get this moment. Life without margin. Life lived here, the place that you and I are all being told to live, doesn't work. It doesn't work. Matter of fact, if you're a person who says, no, no, Lynn, you don't get it. I'm a type A personality, and I, I've got all this stuff in my calendar. I, I've got every 15 minutes maximized out. And in my finances, man, I'm telling you, I, I leverage every single dollar because I'm going to get ahead, and my pile's going to get bigger than everybody else's pile. And it, you, you don't get it. And I'm still landing this thing. I haven't gone off the edge. I've got it under control. You, you know what I know? without even asking you anything else about your life, you are stressed out. Aren't you? How did I know that? You ready? When margin decreases, stress goes through the roof. I say it again. When margin decreases, stress, because the closer I live to this, Stress increases. You have an appointment, and because you're a maximizer, and because you're living on the edge, and because you're going to take every single minute, you book appointment after appointment after appointment, and now you've left yourself 20 minutes to get to the next appointment. Hop in your car, you're heading down the 101, you get to the exchange down there at the Chandler Fashion Park, and you run into traffic. Now, you've got 20 minutes to get to your next appointment. There's exactly 20 minutes left. You're running into traffic. And because you're such a deep, involved Christian in that moment, you, of course, say, praise God, traffic. <laughs> no, you're, 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 you're tea. <laughs> and, then, and then, how come you're the one that always gets behind the grandma with the gray-blue hair? Who, who drives her car halfway into the other lane, so even if you tried to get around... You'd be stuck. So now you're looking at your watch and 20 minutes is down to 12 and you still got 20 minutes of driving to go and you're edging a little closer to her bumper. <laughs> Wouldn't she at least look at her rearview mirror and get a hint? Clock is down to six minutes. <laughs> she pulls over. <laughs> you're mom by. Cornerstone window sticker in the back. <laughs> See, because the answer is, guys, when there's no margin, when there's stress goes up. See, if you're the one in your family who takes care of the finances, and you guys are leveraged to the max, everything that comes in is what goes out, I know you're stressed. And, and then all of a sudden, your spouse comes in and says, hey, uh, at the dentist today, and uh, they're saying braces, and all of a sudden, your blood pressure's going. And all of a sudden, you're angry at God. Why did God curse me with kids and bad teeth? <laughs> See, when, when I have no margin... Stress goes up. And isn't it possible, isn't it possible that when my tires wear out or my kids need braces or when I'm needing 20 minutes because that's all I left myself in 
the little old ladies in front of me. Isn't it possible that maybe that's not God punishing me? Maybe it's the result of a maxed out life. Second thing, you live a life with no margin. You live a life here, you'll end up there. See, you, you live your finances completely maxed to the end. You live your schedule with absolutely no room. You, you live your moral life going, oh, you, know, I, you know, I know I can't do that, but how close morally can I get to this? How far do you go before it's really a lie? How much can you admit, omit from the conversation before it's truly just... You live your life there, you'll end up there. All it takes is a little gust of wind. All it takes is a late night and nobody else in the room. All it takes is a really, really big business deal and just a little bit of deception. Some of you know I, I used to youth pastor and I took a group of high school kids up to uh, uh, do a, a missions trip on the Navajo Indian Reservation. And uh, we'd worked really hard. We'd done vacation Bible school all week. And uh, we'd done a lot of painting and building things there. And uh, we were getting to the end of the week. And, and I just thought, you know, it'd be nice to take our kids and do something fun. Just one fun day for them. And so I went to the missionary and says, is there anything around, you know, that we could do? He said, yeah, there's this, uh, there's this little canyon. Actually, it's a pretty good-sized canyon. It's uh, called Canyon de Chez. And, and it's kind of like the Grand Canyon, only a little smaller and not a lot of people get to see it. It'd be a really cool experience. Your kids could go home and tell their parents they saw something other people didn't see. And I said, okay, well, let, you know, let's go do that. That sounds good. So we go uh, driving up, uh, take the bus, get the kids all excited, and we're heading there. And uh, when we pull up in the parking lot at Canyon de Chez, I, uh, I suddenly realized um, it, it's not the Grand Canyon, which means there's no funding, which means there's no trails and maybe more importantly, there's no rails around the edge. So I turn to 40-something high schoolers on the bus, and I say to them, uh, guys, um, <clears throat> we're, we're going to go out, we're going to look at, at uh, this canyon, uh, but we're all going to stay seven feet back from the edge. Because there's, there's nothing you need to see. There's, there's, nothing, you, there's nothing you're going to miss seven feet back from the edge. Go. <laughs> Anybody want to guess? I had 40 high school kids crawling down Canyon de Chez. Got them back to the bus, set them down. I said, in Christian love, are you idiots? What are you doing? They said, we're just looking. Said, there's nothing you need to see. You couldn't see something. You realize one gust of wind, one loose rock, you're dead. And I didn't bring a shovel. <laughs> I 
you realize it's real easy to see in teenagers, isn't it? But you and I, over and over and over and over and over again, live lives on the edge financially, time, spiritually, morally. One good wind, one loose rock, one, it's only just this once, and you'll be over the edge. See, here's what we're going to get. Life without margin doesn't work. It's not sustainable. It will eventually cost you more than any of us wants to pay. So let me ask you a question. We know this, right? We, we know this. This isn't revelatory. No one's going, oh, Lynn, I never thought of this. I, I never considered. So how come? How come we don't simply say, look, I, I'm, I'm not going to take that appointment. I, I'm not going to work 60 hours a week. I don't, I don't care. There, there's nothing I can buy that I have to. No, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to take that house payment on. I'm just not going to do it. Why doesn't the little girl say, I'm just not going to date that boy? I, I, he's pushing me, he's pressuring me to do things. I'm, I'm just not going to date him. How come, how come we, we don't say, look, look, I, I don't need a new iPhone. I... You know the answer, right? We're terrified. <laughs> We're terrified that the neighbors may get ahead of us that somehow their pile might get bigger than our pile, that, that maybe our parents will look at us someday and say, see, I, I knew you'd never amount to much. That, that maybe within the corporate structure, they'd look and go, ah, oh, you know, never going to be more than middle management. That maybe our friends and our, our neighbors would say, you know, she's not necessarily the greatest mom. so we, because there's a thousand voices telling us what we have to do in order to be happy, and so we're doing everything they're telling us to do and say, when does the happiness come? And we're stressed out, and we're maxed out, and we're terrified to take a step back. And I, and I know, I know, I know there's some in this room going, Lynn, you, you just don't get it. See, you're a preacher. And all you guys do is preach on Sunday and pray the rest of the day anyways. <laughs> I mean, what's it to you to pray a little less off? I mean, well, you know. Got a guy on our staff. His name's Paul Alexander, and if you've seen him, he's, uh, he comes up here to his announcements every once in a while. He's one of the younger guys who's uh, follically challenged. <clears throat> and... Uh, Paul loves to tell the story about a moment in his life in the midst of ministry where he was just maxed out of his mind. And his dad set him down and just said, Paul, you, this is crazy. You, 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 can't, you can't live here and sustain this. And, and Paul said, Dad, Dad, uh, you don't understand. 
I've got all this important stuff to do, and, there, and there's so much going on at our church, and I am such a vital part of this. I, I, I can't. I can't. There's no way. I, stuff would drop. Stuff would not happen. I have to be this busy. His dad. You ready for this? Who happened to be the commander-in-chief for all the nuclear submarines stationed within the Atlantic Ocean looked at him and said, you're as busy as you have decided to be because you're not in charge of all the subs on the eastern seaboard. And you have what you have. You are stressed the way you're stressed because you chose it. You get, you get that if you and I get caught in this thing, if you and I play by the rules of culture and of this world, if you and I keep comparing your pile and my pile to their pile, to the people who don't know God, to the people who don't listen to Scripture, if, if you and I keep saying, my pile has to be bigger than their pile, you realize that what we've done is, is that you and I are comparing ourselves to people who are already stressed to the max, pushed to the max, and the only way our piles are going to get as big as theirs is if you and I stress and push more. And if you don't get anything else, if you don't get anything else today, if every type A person in this room could walk out of this room and say, God never intended it to be like this. Matter of fact, Jesus is going to offer you and me an invitation to step back. Grab your Bibles. It's Matthew chapter 11. If you're not real familiar with your Bible, if you go to the back and work to the left, you're going to find this book of Matthew. Matthew is actually the first book of what we call the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and it describes to us the teachings and the life of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, in this moment, you ready for this? Stops to talk to stressed out, maxed out people and say to them, you realize it doesn't have to be this way. And he's about to make you and I an amazing offer. Here we go. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Here's what it says. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I don't know you, I'm going, that is, that is a totally cool, what an amazing offer. I mean, you're, Jesus, you're telling me that I can take some of the stuff, some of the things that have just pushed my life to the edge and have got me going, I can take some of that, I can delegate some of that to you. That would leave me so much, I could fill my life up with a whole bunch of other stuff then. Next verse. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. No, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, wait a minute, Jesus. Uh, you're missing the moment. Maybe something got lost in the translation. I'm stressed out. I'm, bur I'm, 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 I'm living life right here. 
I, I don't have any room in my life for another yoke. I, I don't need another responsibility. I don't need another thing. The truth is, God, God, I, I'm so busy, I'm not sure how much room I've got for you, let alone your yoke. We've had that conversation with God, haven't we? See, we said, look, 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 I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't afford to really be too religious right now. I, I can't afford to be really involved or to serve at church right now because I'm too busy doing the real things in life. And we sit in services and we hear, we hear pastors talk about, hey, you need to serve somewhere. And we go, good for people without a job. We hear pastors say, you know what, you, you need to be leveraging some of your money for the kingdom. We go, yeah, good for someone without bills. But for the rest of us real people, and we've had that conversation, right? Jesus, you just don't get it. I don't need another yoke. I got plenty of yokes to go around. No, you're the one that doesn't get it. Because what Jesus is offering in this moment is a chance to simplify. And what he's saying is this. I'm going to give you the opportunity to take all the other yokes, the voice of your parents saying you'll never accomplish, the pressure from your job to stay a little bit longer, the, the, the desire that your neighbors would view you as a great family and husband. I'm going I'm to take all the other voices that whisper into you and put yokes on you, and I'm going to give you the chance to take them off, to remove them, to not have to go through life with everybody else's expectations and yokes on you, and to replace it with one, mine. Yoke is a weird word. Some of us don't get it. You realize that it's an old school word. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a farming device. You would, you would take a pair of oxen, and in order to pull the plow through the fields, you would yoke them together so that you could harness their strength together to pull the plow. And what Jesus is saying, look, 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 get the moment. If you're living a stressed out life, if you're living a life maxed out, if you're living a life on the jagged edge, Jesus is saying, is it possible? Is it possible you've taken yokes on yourself? People you wanted to impress, things that you decided you needed to accomplish, or someone else spoke to you and decided for you that you needed to accomplish. Is it possible that you're carrying around burdens that I never intended for you to have? Jesus says, what would happen if you laid down those yokes and simply carried mine? Come unto me, all you that are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light.
I stumbled over that the first time I read it. See, I wanted, I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to say to Jesus, I, I was with you uh, right up till that last part. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because here, here's the truth. I don't know what you've discovered. Here's what it's been for me. This following Jesus thing, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Anybody else with me? Okay, there's three of them. I'm still preaching to three. Okay. <clears throat> I've been criticized. I've been laughed at. I've been mocked. I've had to readjust my life. I've had to do things I never thought I would do. I had to apologize for things I thought I would never apologize for. No, if I, if I was being honest, this following Jesus stuff, it's hard. Any, any person out there who doesn't know God who tells you that Jesus is for sissies, they, they don't know what they're talking about. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. And I look at that and I go, Jesus, wait a minute. How in the world are you saying to me, come and learn to me, come follow me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light? And Jesus would say, you're forgetting. You're forgetting who's on the other side of the yoke when you take my yoke. I got a dear friend, his name is Dave, and uh, one day a couple of the guys in Dave's church talked him into going out doing paintball. Anyone in here done paintball? Okay, you're crazy. Those things hurt. I, 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 I'm just telling you. They, they, I, don't, they, I know they say they break and paint comes out, but they hurt. And I'm pretty convinced that some of those guys take those things and stick them in the freezer before they come out. So they're... I, I went out paintballing. Blam! I was growing like a second head. Off my, they hurt. And these guys talked Dave into going out paintballing. It's his first time and. He gets out there, and, and I'm just telling you, they love first-time paintballers because you are fresh meat. See, all the guys, are, they're all going, <laughs> 17 shots, <laughs> you know, first-timers. And when you get out there, of course, you don't have your own gun, so they give you a gun. You know, they, they give you this little pistol. It's got the air pressure of your breath. <laughs> If you aim it high enough, maybe the ball will lob out a little bit. So my friend's Dave standing there with his pistol. And he looks around and he realizes there's, there's some serious paintballers there. You know what I'm talking about, right? These, these guys with camo all over their faces and plastic stuff covering every vital part of their body. Boots up to here and then their guns. Their guns are like huge and they got this air tank off the back side of the thing and they got this big old magazine with like thousands of paintballs fast feeding down in the gun. So now they're, they're, they're practicing. They're getting ready to go out and they're practicing and here's my friend Dave. And here's the serious guy next to him. And now Dave's going, that could hurt. Thankfully, thankfully as they choose up teams, some of the serious guys, the commando guys, get busted up, and so Dave ends up on a team, and, and he's standing next to this guy, and this guy didn't take long to look, and Dave's eyes are, and so he turns to my friend Dave, and he says, first time, and here's what he says, you ready? 
stick with me. To which my friend Dave said, sure. <laughs> they get out in the field and they get down, hunker down behind uh, this tree. My friend Dave is reaching up and shooting. Because <laughs> they hurt. The commando guy he's with, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. Now, if you never paintballed, kind of the, the point of it is, is you have to get to the other team's side, you have to take a flag that they've got over there and bring it back to your side. About midway through, commando guy looks at Dave and he says, all right, here's what we're going to do, here's the plan. When I count three, you're going to jump up and run across this open field. <laughs> Grab the flag. And while you're doing that, I'll shoot anybody who comes out. My friend Dave says, is there another plan? <laughs> to which the commando guy says, one, two, three, go! And my friend Dave jumps up. And all the guys start hopping out from behind trees, hopping up from behind rocks. They're going, fresh meat! Commando dude, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead, you're dead. By the time Dave gets to the flag, the entire opposite team is wiped out. Dave reaches up, takes the flag. Dave, talking to me later, telling the story, said, makes a big difference who you're with. And you get what Jesus just said. Hey, come. Come learn of me. I'm going to invite you to take all those other yokes and set them aside. And then you and I are going to yoke up together. And when you're with me, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I'm just asking, can you afford to turn that offer down? For all of us who walked in this room today, stressed out, pushed out, maxed out, Can you leave that offer on the table? And I get it. I get that it's terrifying. I get that balls are going to drop and things aren't going to get done and purchases aren't going to be made. But can you leave that offer on the table? Or is it time for some of us to simplify? to say, God, I'm tired of listening to everybody else's voice. I'm ready to listen to one. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we are a room full of people living with our toes dangling over the edge, and we've convinced ourselves that it'll end that it's only a season. That there's no way we can sustain this. And we've had a thousand voices chirping in our ears. We've had people telling us what success looks like, 
we've had people telling us what a happy home looks like. We've had people telling us to leverage our schedule for every last minute, to buy every last thing that our hearts desired. And at the end of the day, the only thing we got was maxed out. And we're just simply saying this morning, if the offer's still on the table, if there's still an invitation to come learn of you, then we're simply asking, give us the courage to take off those other yokes, to ignore the other voices, and to live a life with one yoke, with you as a yoke mate. This we pray in Jesus' name.